This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ Community Radio Station. Joy 94.9. News, views, interviews and discussion, all from a GLBTI point of view. This is Gay News Week on Joy 94.9. It's Jeffrey, Shannon and Matt with you this evening. Now, with the 2014 Winter Olympics looming, big questions are being asked about the welfare of our gay athletes. On July 30, Russia's President Vladimir Putin signed in anti-gay laws into legislation and it's still unclear whether those laws will be enforced during the Sochi Games. To discuss the risks to our athletes, we're joined by former Olympic medalist and Enough Campaign ambassador Jai Wallace. Good evening, Jai. Hi, team. How are you? Uh, very v- good. Very good, thank you. Uh, first of all, can you start by um, telling us what do these anti-gay laws entail? How, what kind of effect do they have on the citizens of Russia? Well, I mean, clearly by what's coming out in the news, even as late as this afternoon, mm. with news that one of the... One of the gay and lesbian protesters out of one of the major cities who was attacked just uh, just a little while ago has actually died from his injuries. I mean, it just goes to show that what is happening and what they've allowed, what the government has actually given permission to do is stain- sanctioned murder. These uh, the people that have actually committed these crimes will be freed because they have just been following the rules that the new government has set in place. I mean, it's just deplorable. I mean, it's not exactly clear that the government has actually said that the citizens can go out and commit murders and enforce the laws on their own, to be fair. But the fact that this is happening under this regime suggests that it's probably not going to be fully prosecuted by the authorities as an ordinary murder may be. Absolutely suggests very heavily. Yeah. Now, what does this mean... uh, the law changes in terms of the athletes and the people attending and what are the fears and concerns that uh, you would have if you were uh, going to the event? Well, I mean, unfortunately, it puts athletes in a in a really political situation and I really don't think athletes should ever be used as political pawns. Mm. We, uh, we, we, we train our lives to represent our countries at Olympic Games, at World Championships, and just uh, just so everybody is aware, that Russia has been awarded and just about to take place in Moscow is the the World uh, Athletics Championships coming up in next week. The Federation's Cup for Soccer and the Soccer World Cup will be coming up. They have, obviously, the Olympic Games coming up next year. So a lot of the world sporting organisations have really thrown caution to the wind by awarding Russia these these sporting events that showcase freedom, equality, and the right to pursue your dreams and goals as you feel uh, that, you, that you possibly can. So it's just really casting a big shadow over an athlete's ability to chase their dreams, to race for the gold. And I tell you what, if I was jumping or if I was competing at the Sochi Olympics, I would be very wary heading anywhere outside of a sanctioned area where I would be free to uh, to express myself. Hmm. Uh, Jai, you said something before about politics and sport, and so what would you like to actually see happen? Do you want countries to begin boycotting Russia? 
Or no, of course, of course, of course not. I mean, that's that's using the athletes as a political pawn, and in the end, it, it does beca- it does come down to an athlete's right to choose. I mean, Blake Shellerup, he is a speed skater from New Zealand who is a part of the Federation's game. Games ambassadorship program, and that's what I'm a part of. Mm. And the federation actually have come out and said it's uh, rather than talk about boycotts, the sports coalition, the uh, gay and lesbian, uh, bisexual, transgender sports coalition should really focus on participation. We don't choose, we never chose Russia to host these games or any of the sports events. However, we can use the opportunity to showcase the damage of repressive governments of that like Russia and Putin. We don't seem to have heard uh, this particular issue raised in previous Olympic Games very strongly. Um, Do you think this is a new wave of concern around gay and lesbian rights in sport? And it seemed to really come to a head with the awarding of the World Cup last year um, to Qatar. And it seems to have been coming to a head in uh, Olympics now. Do you think this is going to be a criteria going forward, that uh, human rights for the GLBTI athletes and visitors will be a consideration? Well, you would hope so. I mean, the International Olympic Committee has made it clear that sport is a human right and should be available to everybody, regardless of their sex, uh, their sexual orientation or their race. And I mean, the last couple of uh, major sporting announcements have gone to countries that really fly in the face of that. So you kind of wonder what else is going on? What else is, you know, what else is talking behind the scenes? And clearly, clearly it's politics and money. Uh, yeah, it is. And certainly we haven't heard um, comments from Jacques Roque, the head of the Olympic uh, International Olympic Committee that have been as supportive as you might like. They've been a bit on the um, uh, non-specific side at best uh, with regard to this issue. Is that your take? Well, I mean, they have to. They're playing a political pawn. They're playing the political game. So they, the International Olympic Committee have invested billions of dollars in the games in Sochi. So it's something that they need to take really, really seriously. And They've actually had a, as a sporting organisation, they've actually had the Russian uh, government assure them, I mean, who says this and who's assured them of what, but they, they have made a press release and said that they've been assured that the athletes that are participating in the Games, the spectators, the officials and the media will all be able and welcomed at Sochi Without, this, without the fear of discrimination. And it's now, not I clear mean, exactly, is it, Jai, who's actually said that? Because the minister responsible for... In, or, sorry, the member responsible for introducing the laws into the parliament has said that that's not the case. Well, no, he has said... They've come out and said that you can, you can kind of... You can be in this section and play your sport, but any sort of propaganda, any, anything that uh, is promoting the gay and lesbian lifestyle, they said, will be taken through uh, the general laws of the land. So it really is ambiguous. I, re- I-, I call on the IOC to, uh, to get a real clarification, but unfortunately that's going to be a long time coming because let's look at it. Sochi is what, in six months' time. So with pressure, hopefully there's a lot of pressure from around the world. I know we've been talking about boycotts. I know that there's been some crazy ideas of boycotting Russian products. Hmm. They've got, they've got vodka in people. particular, as I recall. Exactly. I mean, they've got uh, footage of people pouring Russian vodka down the drain. I mean, that that might make you feel good, but it's certainly not helping the cause. <laughs> totally. Uh, 
Um, but but that's the thing. You, you talk about um, being used as political pawns, but really without actually showing some action, without actually using our feet and voting with our feet and our attendance at the games, is anything really going to change? You say participation, but what's that really going to change in this country with these kind of laws? Um, and, and what's going to change and, and what will change with that um, that won't change by just not going at all? Unfortunately, and I, I love the gay lesbian community mm-hmm. as much as anybody else that is in the community, but we can stomp our feet as much as possible, but it's really not going to change a whole lot because these laws were passed by a 96% acceptance vote in the parliament. I mean, most of the, the majority of the parliamentarians applauded this bill. Do you think... Gr- oh, sorry, Jai. Um, That's okay. And they've, and they've agreed with this bill. I really believe, you know, Putin has a chequered history at best, uh, <laughs> rising through the ranks of the KGB the way he did. I mean, there's a lot of international concerns on just his general character but he's very much a wolf in sheep's clothing i think he's he's providing he's provided economic stability for for russia and you know, he's playing a bit of the pied piper he's trumpeting his own tune and if you if you get in his way i think unfortunately you're going to suffer the consequences jay what you know you mentioned before that maybe the boycott wouldn't work uh i I would argue that New Zealand, when they uh, basically fought, had the Springbok tour, and there are three very public rugby matches with the South Africans when they visited us, and it almost brought New Zealand to a halt. Like you had families who were divided, and through New Zealand's actions, I'd say that we played a massive positive part in getting South Africa to stop apartheid. Are you sure a boycott from Australia couldn't achieve the same thing? Uh, I mean, you would love to think so, wouldn't you? You'd love to think that the pro-freedom idea should be really taken on board by the the world. But unfortunately, as I said before, it was actually passed by a 96% vote, 96% yes vote. So in New Zealand, you've got a really liberal society, a really forward-thinking society. They've just passed marriage equality. They they sang to the tune. I mean, we loved it. The Globe loved it. But I'm pretty sure we're not going to see something like that happen in Russia. Unfortunately, it's one of those things where we can do everything possible, and I don't say we don't do anything, but we have to be really strategic in the way we approach this because a scattergun approach around the world isn't going to do I think we can we can write some letters what I'd really like to do is um, work with An- Alex Greenwich who's a very accomplished letter writer here and he's petitioned the New South Wales House and he's a very very positive role model for the Australian uh, gay and lesbian community he's huge in the marriage equality push he's amazing and we could push our local government but you know what the government does then we could push the the AOC and what those people do with that information is really beyond our control but it doesn't mean we don't stop it doesn't mean we don't do anything it doesn't mean we don't kick up our ears it doesn't mean we don't create a stink because if we don't create a stink then we allow it to happen without a fight and that's not acceptable yeah one of the things that has been noticeable in several previous games is um, a pride house for the athletes and um, an internal village community for the GLBTI uh, 
competitors, right. but certainly that uh, Pride House has been banned as of last year uh, for the Sochi Games right. uh, because it would offend public morality, so said right. the judge who banned it. Right. Uh, and so haven't we as a gay community been using the Games in part by doing things like that as a political mechanism? And therefore, can't you understand why there might be a backlash? Uh, a backlash? Mm, from people trying to instill their views on the games. Well, of course. I mean, the games, are, the, the games are there for everybody. So one person's viewpoint should never take precedence over somebody else. That's mm. why rules are in place, because mm. rules are there for, to create a fairness for everybody. But I was actually part of the Pride House in London last year. It was fantastic. It was just somewhere where people could go and chill out and hang out with other people from the community. And it was very well supported by the officials. The officials of the Games were there in droves and having a great time. And I'm sure some really amazing friendships were formed. That was, as you mentioned, that was banned by the, the Sochi Organising Committee. Something that was... Uh, was proposed by the Federation of the Gay Games and by uh, a few key people within the, the organisation was that if the IOC actually was guaranteed that nobody, no gay and lesbian supporter, spectator or athlete would be affected in Sochi, then reverse that ban. If you are telling me that you're guaranteeing that nobody's going to be hurt, mm-hmm. then why did you ban... Pride House. Let's reinstate it. That was something that was very heavily considered by the Federation of the Gay Games. Yep. It, it's passing and, and, and its presentation to the IOC is yet to be confirmed. Um, Jai Wallace, it's interesting to note that uh, South Korea has the 2018 Winter Games and they've currently got on the table the cities for the 2020 Summer Games as Istanbul, Tokyo and Madrid. So it's about not only what we do for the games that have been announced, but about how we can potentially influence the selection of cities for future games. What's your final thoughts on that? Uh, you, uh, again, you know, I, I would love to think that the pink muscle really does have an influential factor in decisions of that magnitude. Yeah. Uh, it's a, certainly a campaign that uh, we should keep going with. So thank you, Jai Wallace, uh, for coming in uh, on the line to talk to us about what's going on with Russia and GLBTI discrimination. And there's been a little bit of feedback about it, Matt. Yeah, there certainly has been, actually. Uh, somebody suggesting how about a rainbow uniform for our athletes, which I think is a great idea. What do you reckon, Jai? Uh, you know, uh, again, yeah, anything that we do, anything that we can come together and do to promote Equality for all, I am all for. But just a side note, it actually is indicated in a lot of the the releases that have been going on that any sort of propaganda will be dealt with. And so certainly... A, rain, a rainbow flag or a rainbow pin on a, on a uniform or on a hat or something will be considered propaganda, and I fear that it will be dealt with harshly. And even not harshly, if we look to the Australian Open and the Rainbows Over Margaret Court Arena campaign that went on at that, uh, the broadcasters just cut it out of their footage. So they didn't actually show the rainbow flags and the rainbow hats and the rainbow exactly. pins. So, and that happened here. All right. It's, it's going to be an issue that we are going to be looking very closely at over the next six months. And uh, I thank you, Jai Wallace, enough ambassador and former... Just, 
just because of the oppression doesn't mean we don't fight. Doesn't mean we don't do something. Hmm. But we have to be really strategic and clever in what we do. A great message. Jai Wallace, thank you so much for joining us on Gay News Week. News and current affairs from a bent perspective. This is Gay News Week on Joy 94.9. To find out more about Joy 94.9, check out joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.